0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to the week five DFS MVP podcast. I'm your host, TJ Hernandez, the director of DFS at 444.com As always, with my lovely co-host,
1: Mr. John Daigle. Mr. Pat Corrain, how you doing, boys? Doing good. Doing well, fresh off an exciting week. I ended up texting Korain on Sunday right after the slate because I felt like combined we had the right pieces but it turns yeah. out that neither of us really combined each other's pieces. So came a little short, yeah, but that's okay. It doesn't frustrate me when you miss out on a situation. Like for example, my biggest miss was Zach Moss on DraftKings being the same price as Kieran Williams mm-hmm. and Kieran just burying him. I don't mind missing out on that. Cause I, I understood the process of what I was getting into. And I felt like I would play that like seven or eight at a, eight out of 10 times again. So that doesn't hurt as much as like the week prior, the bills cash defense ber- scoring 29 points and ending us that way. Last week was okay. Yeah.
2: It was tough for me. Cause I had Kyron Williams and Puka on a team. And then, an, mm. and that team um, was an Anthony Richardson team, but it had other pieces that didn't, didn't work out. And then I had the fields team put Zach Moss on that team. So if I get, if we you just moved some things around and yeah. uh, it would actually worked out pretty well.
0: Let's just say I was searching for my Kyron and Puka best ball teams by the end of Sunday. Uh, that's that's how that's how days. it was going. Yeah, yeah but but well, but cash game cash games are keeping us afloat. If you're rocking cash with us on Sunday mornings, we've been crushing in cash. So uh, that's keeping us level.
2: I finished sixth in the battle royale uh, last week. That. So that yeah, that was nice. That it was like I only fire, I didn't fire like that much at it and so it was one of those things where i kind of was doing what you were doing tj i was like well let's check on the best ball team i was like oh yeah (laughs) this is actually all right
0: yeah a quick quick little um side road here how deep are you going on your um battle royale teams like beyond adp
2: well this one so i tied for six so this actually Mm -hmm. this was a reason i duped you know so this is a reason to scroll down because you get right right, when you get like that good of an outcome you want to you know, be solo. And I wasn't. So just a reminder, you do want to scroll down. I I don't know. I haven't been scrolling down a ton. Like this week I'm scrolling down for Judy. Like you just got to scroll like really far to see Judy. And so to me, I'm like, this seems far enough, but people that are in the streets a little bit more would probably be like, maybe that isn't far enough. I actually don't know.
0: No, I mean, if if you listen to our preseason pod, we said that that is one of the DFS alternate games we should be firing at. So, um, you know, that's not what the people are here for. So we won't get uh, too deep into that. But I mean, there's definitely an edge there to be had. Um, But let's get right into it. As always, um, going into the week, one of our... our, biggest guides for game by game is walk walkthrough uh on legendary upside uh we will hold off on the cover boy because we're gonna get deep into that um but pat any highlights from the walkthrough that you want to touch on before we get into the most popular games this week
2: well yeah i think we'll get into um i actually did i realized we're, we didn't have anything on the broncos and the jets i don't think in the top so that'll be my game to, yeah. to touch on but that's one cool. where i was like oh everyone's gonna go there because i was like because in my circles you know everyone's like all excited about for sure about Brees hall and stuff but it seems like maybe not so that'll be an interesting one to talk about
0: yeah i'm excited to talk about it as always um if you guys uh haven't signed up for the four for four subscription yet uh, you have a uh, code by watching this podcast on YouTube. Promo code is YouTube. Save 25% uh, by going to 444.com uh, slash plans, signing up for the DFS subscription. And once you're signed up for a DFS or betting subscription, upgrade to the solver, the best optimizer in the game. They got the Sims rocking over there too. Uh, everything will automatically be integrated with all 444 four projections, points, ceiling, ownership all that good stuff Uh, so make sure you check that out links below to that as well as to pat's walk through to legendary upside uh let's get into it we got a couple shootouts uh of a few um, big spreads and only a 10 game slate these short slates are 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 fun because a lot of times we'll get some um very concentrated ownership so it gives us some very clear leverage opportunities and i think we will definitely uh get into some of those uh pat let's start with you the uh big game of the week at least in terms of Team total or game total, I'm sorry, is the Chiefs at the Vikings 53 point over under there. Chiefs favored by three and a half with the twenty-eight point two five total. Uh as you noted in the walkthrough, uh teams don't blitz Mahomes much. Um he's only had nineteen dropbacks all season where he's faced five. 5- plus pass rushers, uh, but Brian Flores will bring it against Mahomes, and he has done that before. So how do you see that playing out with um, maybe the Vikings sending a, a little more pressure at Mahomes than he's used to, and uh, what does that mean for some of the ancillary pass catchers? Obviously, we got Kelsey, um, but we've got some targets per route run data that that might point us to uh, some good plays
2: here. Yeah, so I went back and looked just one game, but but Brian Flores played Mahomes in 2020, and he did blitz him. Uh, blitzed some there was 59% of dropbacks um, which is right below the Vikings 62% rate uh, that they have this season and the Vikings are leading the NFL in blitz rate. so it was a lot he blitzed him a lot um, yeah. and that kind of worked Mahomes threw for three interceptions but he also threw for 393 yards and two touchdowns and a 33 to 27 win in that game so I don't know. I'm hoping Flores like feels like, you know, I like just we just gotten there in a couple of those blitzes, that my plan would have worked because it it led to big plays for Mahomes, and I think it could lead to big plays uh for Mahomes again, particularly because the Vikings don't really get to the, the passer with their typical pass rush, which probably explains why they're blitzing all the time. So um I think Mahomes has some real potential for big plays here. Obviously, he always does his Patrick Mahomes, but you know, it hasn't been the most impressive season for Mahomes so far. He's he's been a little bit below his usual standards. So this would be a spot where you could really see him crushing. Um, And then the way to play it ideally is Travis Kelsey, but then the things get very expensive all of a sudden. So Rasheed Rice is the guy that's popping for me as just like, God, he is getting targeted at such a high rate when he's on the field. He has a 32% targets per route run, which is amazing. Uh, it's just below Kadarius Tony's 33%. But one of the things I was noting in the walkthrough is that these guys are getting there in two different ways. Tony's getting there because he gets screens and design, like truly design touches. Mm-hmm. Rasheed Rice is getting a lot of first read targets, which, you know, in some sense are designed that, you know, he's the first read in the play, but that's like a traditional wide receiver way of getting kind of design targets. Like the offense is, is working. Like a typical offense, and Rasheed Rice is getting fed the ball. I think ultimately, his first read target rate, although it will probably decline with more playing time, is more stable than Kadarius Tony's. Like Kadarius Tony's playing a full slate of routes; he's not going to get screens on a third of the plays, <laughs> right. you know. Whereas Rasheed Rice, maybe on a fifth of the plays, he is the first read if he can get out there. So, I I don't know how much playing time Rice is going to see. My guess is. He probably runs like 55% of the routes or 60% of the routes if we're lucky. And so that's tough, but he is the dude that if he gets out there a little bit more in a good matchup, I think could have a really good game.
0: Yeah. I think we're saying this with either JSN or Addison last week. Like once they get to the whatever 70, 80% uh, route participation, it's gone, right? We're, we missed it. So we need to be ahead of it anyway. So, like the, you know, even if 50%, like that's pretty damn good in this spot against the Vikings. Like we, he, he can still pop there. The concern with the chiefs is always the combination of price and ownership. Like we, we want to get the discount on the ownership. It doesn't look like we're going to get it this week, except for maybe rice early in the week. Like I, I had an early double digit ownership projection on rice on DK. Cause he's so cheap. I think we might see that pulled back a little bit. Um, particularly because of the Amonra St. Brown injury, it's going to open up some cheap Mm -hmm. lines there. So I think we get a little ownership relief um, on rice there. Hopefully if, if we are stacking this game, but always the concern with the, with the high salaries on the chiefs, it's always just hard to play them. Uh, Daigle on the other side, this is a game that's matching up two teams that uh, are very pass happy. That's why we like it. That's why we have the high uh, over under Minnesota third in passing rate over expectations. As you noted on the podcast with Paulson this week, that cousins basically plays to his competition. And if that holds true, then the Vikings should have some, some passing goodness for us. Um, we all know it's Justin Jefferson show every single week. TJ Hawkinson has a target share over 20%, but he's, he's expensive. Um, kind of goes against like what, like again, expensive guys in this game. It's really tough if we're trying to get unique in this game, is it, is it stack Kirk? Um, Do we throw darts at Addison? I I mean, what do you see being the unique side of of the Minnesota side? If there even is one,
1: I do think it's a double stack Kirk kind of week. As you mentioned, because the Vikings are just punching up or down based on their opponent. Over 25 fantasy points against the Eagles and Chargers for Cousins, and 16 and a half in week one against Tampa Bay, and less than 10 this past game against Carolina, as the Vikings, even on their opening drive, drove the field, then get inside the five yard line. And Cousins, of course, throws a pick six and lets $2,500 $2, $2. Panthers defense get there. Uh, but yes, the way it works out contextually in DFS. It just makes more sense to go to the Viking side because of what you can then do on the opposite with the Chiefs. Whereas both of you already broke it down. Try. Everyone just go out there right now. Open up your app and put Mahomes, Kelsey, and Jefferson in a lineup. See how far you get beyond those three. You can't. You can't afford anything else. Whereas with even premium Cousins double stacks, and I do think there's a reason to go to Addison back in this game. Yes, KJ Osborne is still running more routes in every single game, but we also think the Vikings will have to keep up and thus Addison will be on the field more logically. So we take those darts in tournaments. But And he's
2: he's he's getting targeted so much. Like if he runs fewer routes than Osborne, I don't care. He's running enough routes.
1: I don't even need him to break out. Like what if I just say... I'm playing tournaments. What if he gets lucky like in week one where coverage breaks down against the Bucs? What if he uh, scores one yeah. long big touchdown? That's all he does in week two. I'll take that. I'll gladly play that at 5,300 on DraftKings. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it. And again, you can afford Kirk, Jefferson, and Hawkinson. Hawkinson yeah. acting as a blocker to Kelsey and cheaper. So you can do that. And then you can that's pick where point. you go with the Chiefs because you can do Rice for all the reasons terrain mentioned you could also do pacheco as a unique way to get there i was just pacheco, ask about that pacheco's coming off career high not season high a career high 77 percent of the chiefs backfield touches like now he's getting everything mckinnon everyone keeps trying to squeeze in on passing downs the fact is mckinnon's averaging three touches per game he doesn't matter at all maybe he lug boxes into a touchdown inside the five yard line but this has now become pacheco's backfield and so that's how I'm kind of looking at it based on Pacheco's salary on both DraftKings and FanDuel tool because he's so cheap. So I think elite yeah. and premium cousins double stacks is how we get here this week.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, speaking of Pacheco again, early in the week, we had a relatively high projection on him. Like he'll probably still come in the low, low teens, um, maybe even like 11 or 12. But if we look at the guys around him, um, HN, Breeze Hall, um, Dave Montgomery's a little more expensive, um, but uh, James Connor, like they're all going to cannibalize each other's ownership a little bit. I don't think like Achan's going to be. We'll get to that, but Achan's going to be the one that runs away with it um, in yeah. that price range. But uh, yeah, Pacheco is the unique way to get there. I mean, if we look at the, either of you guys could answer this. If we look at the the touch shares, Madison is one of four backs that has at least seventy percent of the backfield touches in every game. It's easy just to be like, oh, he's the leverage on everybody because everyone's going to be popular and everyone's playing the passing games. Chiefs are fifth in adjusted fantasy points allowed to running backs. And I mean, Akers is is still kind of creeping. He didn't get a lot of work, but he got some work. Is there any credence to Madison leverage here?
1: I personally don't think so because I'm trying to project and it was also a season-low in snaps for Madison, a season-low right. in share of backfield touches for Madison, and he did run nearly double the routes, 11 to Cam Akers 6, but Aker's earned another target because that's kind of the issue is Madison is struggling to be a, an efficient player. Uh, so it's not for me. So, Crane, unless you can sell me on that.
2: No, I mean, I think it could get there just like if he scores enough touchdowns, but, you know, it's like – he. The yards per route run for Madison is 0.62, which is RB 38. And we just saw Akers come in and steal some targets. So, like, I'm out. (laughs) Like, that's, I don't, I don't have any interest in a guy who's fragile in the receiving game in this matchup.
0: Yeah, I don't know if this is a bad omen for Madison, but um, last week's FanDuel Sunday Million winner actually had Cam Akers in the flex with like four FanDuel points. He, he just saved salary. So um, maybe okay. that's just like a, 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 a the football <laughs> gods telling us not to play Madison. Uh, for cash game purposes, I mean, everyone here is kind of a fringe play. Pacheco's 6,600 FanDuel, 5,700 DK. Like I said, a lot of running backs in that range. Kelsey's obviously very expensive, top tight end option um, on FanDuel in terms of value. Not even going to mention his price because it's annoying on Fanduel. Uh, Rasheed Rice is a punt option on DK Mahomes' top two quarterback value on Fanduel, and then Jefferson, if you could fit him, he's always a good value, but he is super duper expensive. Uh, let's move on to the Eagles at the Rams, fifty point over under we'll start with the eagle side here they're favored um, on the road daigle 27.75 team total uh this is a really tough spot on the eagle side at least from a tournament perspective because kind of all the things like we're used to from teams like the chiefs we see with eagles um everybody's expensive and everybody's going to be high owned so like the only dude that stands out as a contrarian option on at least in the passing game is dallas goddard or like maybe we just hope that Devonte smith gets lost in the shuffle but right now they're all projecting for double digit ownership um and i mean the, the only like thing going for, for goddard is that the rams are 27th and schedule adjusted points allowed to tight ends but that's very weighted by them just giving it up last week to both colts tight ends. so i mean um i i don't know um what what do we do here with this with this high salary, high ownership passing game?
1: What makes this such a tough week, too, is you not only have the decision to make on a chan, and maybe it is as simple as just rostering him. If Jeff Wilson's yeah. active, I think I would beg to differ given the other elite options in his range that you discussed earlier, but also because you kind of have to pick the top heavy stack you go to. Like once you get mm-hmm. to Jefferson or once you get to Tyreek Hill, you can't just fit in Cooper Cup and Nakua. Like it's not that simple and right. you can do that. It makes sense, but then you lose the others. So you really have to get your premium options right this week, especially since running back just doesn't matter. Like, Oh, Hey, here's Bijan. And that's about it. Cause when Tony, <laughs> yeah. when Tony Pollard and Christian McCaffrey you're down to the slate, everyone just goes down at running back. You didn't have to decide yeah, what sure. receivers pay up for yeah. instead. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. It It's honestly tough. Even DeAndre Swift continues popping and optimals. But although he scored the rushing touchdown last week, we know he doesn't get carries inside the five-yard line often enough. And previously, he wasn't getting targets. He did sneak in with three in the first quarter last week, ended up with five. But overall, usually they weren't even using their running backs in the passing game. So... It's just tough. I think I'd stick with A.J. Brown in this case, who has separated the past two games. Now on the season as a whole, 43 targets to Devontae Smith's 29. Um, but I think i look to the the Rams' side and just try to run it back one time, even if that's with Dallas Goddard instead of Tyler Higbee, try to get unique like that. But I think I'm more interested in the Rams passing the ball as opposed to the Eagles.
0: Yeah, I like that
2: I, take on it, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, and like they're – like I said, all these guys are going to be owned. They're not going to be super chalky, but, um, I mean, right now we have Brown in like that 10 to 15% range, basically at the same salary as Jamar, who's going to be right now projecting over 20%. Um, so Ooh. you are getting like some ownership relief if you play AJ instead of Jamar, but it's just like, you're not getting single digit on, on these guys here. Um, on the other side, on the Ram side, gray, I mean, the most obvious, uh, talking point here is that cooper cups expected to come back i actually love that he's expected to come back because it's just going to depress all of their ownerships like i I think i I would expect cup and puka just to be around that like seven and a half eight percent range and puka got a salary bump he he's 7700 on on dk i think um but the eagles are like a crazy pass funnel at least so far uh so how does cup impact um puka and 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 the other players really i mean tutu was a buy low for a second um is this just a a matter of hoping pass protection holds up and this game shoots out
2: yeah and i really like this game environment i think you know it's one where the eagles should have a lot of success through the air and i think you know the rams obviously getting cooper cup back is, is pretty big but the big question is can they get the ball out quickly and if they can, this is like a pretty beatable Eagle secondary. So, yeah. you know, and, and the Rams, like, that's, that's kind of what they're doing. Like th- this was the question last week and we saw Puka have a, a really big game. It's not all that dissimilar of a setup where like, you know, compared to the Colts where you can beat the Colts secondary, they have a decent pass rush. Eagles have a decent pass rush. So I think probably we're going to get like, who knows how much cup, right? But, Whatever he can give us, we're going to be seeing a lot of first three targets for Cup, a lot of like shallow intermediate routes, and then we're going to see a lot of that from Puka too. And that's probably how this offense is going to be designed this week. Like those two guys are one, their best two wide receivers, but two, I think that that shallow intermediate skill set is what fits this matchup the best. So I'm worried about Tutu. Um, I don't have a lot of faith in how many routes he runs because like. I've just, like, followed football enough to know that Sean McVay is going to leave Van Jefferson out there enough to make me mad, (laughs) you know? And it's like, if Van Jefferson's out there, Tutu's probably the guy coming off the field, and his route participation is probably going to be lower than we would like to see. But I bet Puka's out there a lot still. Like, yeah, I bet he's running a full slate of routes, even with Cup back. Cup being back also, I think, makes me more interested in Stafford. Like, he hasn't thrown a lot of touchdowns, right? When they're trying to figure out which routes to keep Cup in for, I think those those goal line routes are ones he's running. You know, that's been uh, kind of his bread and butter uh, throughout throughout his career. You know, he, he's just like able to separate around the goal line so easily. So I think we could see a little bit more upside for Stafford. Maybe, you know, I would love if, if Kieran was was a little bit more popular um, because, you know, he's someone that that maybe this isn't a great week for if he's not going to have the the touchdowns, maybe this, the touchdowns go to Stafford. So I really like the idea of kind of playing this through the Rams. Um, Goddard is an interesting bring back AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. are obviously both really enticing, but you know, just picking your Eagle and playing it through the Rams is pretty. Uh, I, I like that approach.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying this is <laughs> obviously I'm not saying the Rams are the dolphins, but from a DFS stacking perspective, this is very dolphin esque in that we're probably going to get a very concentrated target share between Pook and, and Cooper cup, but they're both priced as top seven wide receivers. If you take a monitor off the slate, they're both, both priced in the top six. Um, so doubling them on DraftKings is almost out of the question on FanDuel, It's a little more viable. Um, if we are on DK and assume similar ownership between cup and Puka, and, and the salaries are within 800 bucks of each other on DK, do you guys have a preference of who you would single
1: um, Stafford with? I've been sorting through this as well. I, I do want to be ahead of cup. I can't shake the three to five times. Literally Sean McFay said, leading up to Cooper Cup being activated. And this stems all the way back to September that whenever Cup would play, he would be 100%. And now we have rumors about his snap count and everything. I, Especially based on how reporting has gone this year, I really just want to ignore it, honestly. I think it's more for recency bias if McFay was telling the truth a month ago. So I do actually want to be ahead of Cup here. But again, I'm still trying to figure it out. I almost kind of want to single Stafford and Cup, and then be able to yeah. afford everything else around it. Because right. if yeah, if that's the case, then we still get the equity from Puka from Stafford. I'm I'm genuinely trying to figure it out since Stafford is so cheap on DraftKings and like that quarterback range, we don't mind living in anyways. If you're not playing Kirk Cousins or Anthony Richardson,
2: I'm probably like I I think I will probably end up. On Puka over Cup, just because of the salary, like I, I lean Cup, like I would rather have Cup, but like, so it's nine hundred, like that. I think I might need it, you know. And it
1: is a tight week, but remember, Cup was ten K last year. Cup was the McCaffrey of wide receivers.
2: I was yeah. just going to no, say, right. this,
0: my, my FOMO, my FOMO says that like this, not only is the last time we're going to get cup at sub nine K, but this might be the yeah. last time we get cup at single digit ownership all year. Um, that's the thing. Well, that's right? a great um, point too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great game environment. Um, I, I think um, it is probably a better game environment than the game with the higher total um i I think this is a fun one to attack uh for cash games jalen hurts is in 90 percent of optimals on Fanduel. obviously easier to fit expensive quarterbacks there stafford is a top three quarterback value on both sides top dk quarterback uh deandre swift and aj brown both in that like fringe cash game range but as daigle mentioned uh deandre swift is probably a little too thin I i would say way too thin for cash games right now um those are really the only two games that project high with a close spread. All the other games we have uh, pretty big spreads, starting with the Dolphins, 12 and a half point favorites against the Giants, who, and before I move on to that, I should mention both of those games are late window games. Um, So everything we just said, like we're late swapping like crazy, depending on how we're doing. But uh, this Dolphins game is early against the Giants, 12 and a half point favorites, 30 point team total uh, for the Dolphins. Um. Not to be uh, uh, underrated news, uh, Karain, Teron Armstead on IR. Um, that can be a, a huge blow. Maybe it doesn't come into play here because Giants are just atrocious. But how do you see that Teron Armstead injury impacting this game? And um, on top of that, like, are we just concerned that because Giants are so bad that Tua and the pass catcher is limited because they just don't get pushed this game?
2: that's my bigger concern this week. Um, I think, you know, throwing armstead being out on IR could definitely be a problem, uh, like longer term for the dolphins, but I I don't, I don't really have that much concern about the giants. They have a decent pass rush, so maybe that's disrespectful, but, um, Connor Williams should be back. I think he was practicing all week limited. Um, so that would be helpful for the, the giants or sorry for the dolphins. Um, the the other thing is that they didn't have Armstead in weeks one and two, so you know they're pretty good, pretty good then. Yeah. So I'm I'm not I'm not like super super worried about it. I do think we'll probably see you know them trying to get the ball out a little bit quicker, maybe, and we could also see Tua take some sacks and you know some drives get blown up and everything. But like in a in a way, maybe that's okay because the the bigger issue is can the Giants push them. At all, and I don't know. I'm <laughs> I'm worried about the Giants here. So uh, just because they they've looked so ineffective, um, and just like the, Daniel Jones, just not being able to do anything against the Seattle defense was really concerning to me. I mean, Seattle does not have a good defense. So can the Giants push back? Because if the Giants can push back, I mean, Tyree Kill could have a massive game here. I think Jalen Waddle could have a huge game. The Giants rank 25th in preventing 15 plus yard passes. So they better hope that pass rush comes through for them. Cause if it does not, they're going to be letting up a lot of big plays to Hill and Waddle and to probably to A-Chain, maybe to Mostert. So yeah, it's the big question for me is like, can the Giants push back enough? In a way, I think if the Giants can, maybe that hurts the a stuff because, is he going to get a ton of playing time in a in a competitive game? I actually don't know. I think maybe that would still be Moster, and they they, they know what they have, and it's like you got a 31 year old and a rookie, and if you're trying to beat the Giants in Week Five, maybe play the 31 year old, you know, and keep the rookie fresh, unless you're trying to like just see what you know you can do with Hm later in garbage time. So I I don't know. I I that's one of the ways I, I could see maybe this failing is if the Giants don't. Uh, if the Giants do push back more than expected. yeah, that
0: I I always have a pretty conservative first run of ownership on Thursday and Friday just because we just don't have that much information. So I had a bunch of guys like in the 20 to 25% range. As the week progresses, it feels like just from looking at Twitter and, and seeing some other articles that HN is going to be closer to 30%. So like before we get to Daigle and the Giants side, like, I mean, what is your guys' take on a 30% HN? This is a blow I mean, Everything's training up. Snaps are going up. Touch shares going up. Like, is that just a function of like the game flows that we've had? Does Jeff Wilson come back? Like, how are we playing this HN thing? Because I think I think HN is the like decision point of the week.
2: He's. I, I reference in my article, rush yards are expected per game, uh, success rate, NFL next gen success rate, breakaway yards per game, uh, elusive rating. I, I reference those a lot. Achan is RB1 in all of those. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy to see him RB1 in the per game metrics when he's not getting used a lot. Like yeah. it's not like per attempt stuff. He's you could you put the denominator as games, and it's still Achan as the running back one. Um, he's averaging 14.1 fantasy points over expected per game. I mean, that's like most people's workload, and that's just the efficiency he's adding on top. So, like. He's got the ceiling. And that's the thing that's tough if you're gonna fade this massive chalk. It's like it's it, I think it's fragile. Like I can see ways where he doesn't get there because like they go through Mostert or they go through the passing game. He doesn't get a bump in playing time and he's not insanely efficient for the first time. But I think I have to play some of them because I can I can just see him going nuclear here.
1: It's just annoying because <laughs> last week. After A-Chan had four touchdowns, as Mostert did, Mostert was still 6500 That's what we had the discussion last week about Mostert's salary, mm-hmm. um, psychologically being the better tournament play. And then here is A-Chan dominating Mostert at this time around, and he's still not 6500 on DraftKings. He's only 6100 yeah. So it's yeah. like mm-hmm. they also mm-hmm. mispriced him, not only based on his performance to date, but based on the current situation on his own team. So yeah, I feel yeah. like I, I have to play him and I don't like being cornered like that, but that's the way I feel right now.
0: Yeah, my concern with A-Chan, like in in large field stuff, I, I think I'm just like overweight on him. Um, I, I mean, I'm not playing 150 lineups anyway, so, you know, take that with a grain of salt. My concern is that in 100, 200 man stuff, we get kickoff and he's like 55 60 that's my
2: concern i think it could be higher than that
0: yeah exactly exactly yeah that's my real concern about and i'm not even saying that's wrong
1: maybe it's right that's what's frustrating i don't i don't know
2: that is what's that right if he's like 60 percent, but like he's he's got a massive ceiling for the price like it's it's, crazy i mean not even for the price just massive ceiling full stop (laughs) and then he helps you fit other stuff so it is it's tough
0: there, there's a lot of salary pivots. That's the one thing to know. There are a lot of salary pivots um, off HN H&M this week. But um, I mean, no one has has this, no one else is a 12 and a half point favorite. Um, Daigle, I mean, what what the hell do we even say about the Giants? Uh, as you mentioned on the podcast this week, they haven't scored a first half TD this week. They don't have Andrew Thomas. They're 31st in adjusted sack rate allowed. The only guy we were hoping for, uh, Darren Waller, is is giving us next to nothing. The one bright spot is we saw uh, Wandale Robinson get rotated in basically as a starter last week, and now he's super cheap. Um, But he's going to be super chalky because he is so cheap. People are just going to look at this game, see cheap Wandale, see the usage last week. Um, What the hell do we do with the Giants?
1: I think it's a situation like a couple weeks ago with the Broncos where you don't even have to worry about it. I've been trying to find reasons to play Daniel Jones it does seem like a better spot given that the Dolphins defense is just not coming along either no one is noticing how bad the defense is playing in Miami because their offense is so great but also I mean the Giants are one of only two offenses the Bengals being the other who haven't scored a first half touchdown yet they've been they've been more miserable than Miami's defense so I don't think I can get there unless you do want to squeeze in Juan Dale but even Like you said, the way Wandale gets his targets too, I just don't even care about. I I get it if you're trying to save salary and you're going to take your little 8 to 11 points and be like, this is good. But man, it's so thin there. Uh, Even last week with Jalen Hyatt and... Wandale ended up leading the team in routes run but that wasn't the case in the first half Darius Slayton ran around on every drop back in the first half but it was a blowout so they took all their starters off the field except Daniel Jones basically and Matt Breida even I looked at Matt Breida and I was like maybe I could squeeze in 20 touches here for cheap and just save salary <laughs> even he's priced like next to Brees Hall and imagine playing Matt Breida over Brees, Brees Hall yeah. so, oh, there's like, there's like <laughs> genuinely nothing there
0: that's crazy um yeah i mean the problem with jones is he's given us nothing through the air 32 percent of his fantasy points have come on the ground this year the only other player above 25 percent uh from their uh points from the ground is lamar jackson the difference is lamar is averaging 22 fantasy points per game daniel jones is averaging 13 and a half um so i agree like there's just there there's there's nothing here
1: like the thesis of playing daniel jones Will just lead you back to playing Josh Dobbs because he has the (laughs) rushing floor and he's been better. So why not just play Josh Dobbs?
0: Very, very good point. Um, Cash game notes: I mentioned Wandale super cheap uh, punt option on DK. Hey Chan, um, I mean from a value perspective. He's a fringe cash game value, 7,500 FanDuel, 6,000 DK. I think, given the spread, he's probably a slam dunk. And then Dolphins defense, they're such a big favorite. Uh, we're probably never paying up at 3,600 on DK and cash, um, but 4,900, even though that's near the maximum, still just fits in easier. He's in third. Uh, Dolphins defense is in 36% of FanDuel optimals. Uh, Dagle, I'm going to toss the Lions to you. They're favored by 10, 27 point total. The big news here, Ra DNP Thursday and Friday and listed as doubtful, which is basically out Um, lions fourth highest total, but they're 11th in cumulative pass game ownership. My guess is that I have to run this back. That jumps a little bit just because we're probably going to get cheap ownership on um, uh, Reynolds and Khalif Raymond. Jameson Williams is questionable. We got a late Gibbs questionable. That's always scary when you get that, that late um, injury tag in the week. Uh, the thing about Carolina is they are one of the biggest run funnels in the league. Six in schedule, just points allowed to quarterbacks, 30th versus running back. So all of the metrics are saying just play Montgomery. Given all this news, I, I think his ownership probably spikes um, with a Monroe probably out with Gibbs, maybe out like how much do the lions even bother throwing here against a Panthers team? That's probably just going to slow it down as well.
1: I wouldn't think it's a lot. I'm going to keep an eye on the injuries, though, uh, and have an update for everyone with my thoughts more on Sunday morning in the Discord because there's enough here and there's enough clusters to where maybe the Panthers' defense, honestly, is the one you sneak in and you can kind of just avoid this low total altogether. It's it's shaping up to be similar to when the Lions lost everyone Against the Patriots last year before their bye, and TG Hawkinson went nuts only because and the Lions got drowned, but he went nuts because there was literally no one else to throw to. Um, that's what this seems to be like, where there are so many injuries that maybe the opposing defense like is the better play, especially how cheap they are. So I'm I'm still interested for all the reasons you mentioned in David Montgomery. Now three games, averaging 23 carries and it's favoring him because of game scripts. We haven't seen a, like an Antonio Gibson, we haven't seen a Jameer Gibbs game script just yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not frustrated about his usage. It actually makes sense and they're winning. But at the same time, this yet again, as double digit point favorites at home, does make sense as a David Montgomery game above all else. So I'm still, yeah. I'm still teetering between how to approach this one because maybe it's just ugly and no one gets there.
0: Yeah. And I mean, tight end is so bad that Laporta is just going to be owned, even though he's not like super cheap, like people are just yeah. going to go to him and like, I, I'm probably gonna have the biggest like ownership sweep tomorrow that I've had all year, just because like Montgomery's probably going to get steamed a little bit. Um, we have him like, like in that 10 to 15% range right now, but with all this news, I, I just see him coming in way higher. Um, yeah, it's it's a tough one. I I kind of agree with you that this, outside of Montgomery, it, it might be a spot to avoid. Corrine um, kind of uh, flipped on the other side. Lions are a have been a pass funnel. Um, they're first in schedule adjusted points against running backs, but as you mentioned in the walkthrough, uh, Carolina wants to limit Young. They want to slow it down. Uh, Miles Sanders also hobbled. So I mean, Thielen. I I, I guess he's a floor play. Um, is there anything? worth even looking at here besides Thielen and like are there indicators that Thielen might even be a trap as well?
2: Yeah, I'm not really interested in, in going here um on the Carolina side at all. Um yeah I mean if Thielen is Thielen's getting work. So you could you could talk yourself into it. But I, I think for me it's like what are these teams setting out to accomplish this weekend? Right. And I think the Lions like they want to play from ahead they want to run the ball. Like they're going to limit play volume here. I think they're gonna they're going to be successful doing that because I don't think the Panthers are very good. But the thing with the Panthers is like, they're probably just trying to have people think a little bit better about Bryce young and not, you know, have this be part of the reason they end up getting fired. Like this is, I I don't think they're going to be aggressive at all. I think they're going to be happy that the Lions are playing conservatively and limiting play volume. Like if they could have a fluky play and you know, squeak out a three point win, it's like, you know, 20 to 17, like that's, Ideal, you know that they're not—they're not trying to do anything fun, anything exciting, um, and yeah, I think Thielen has gotten a lot of targets. Uh, he's got a, a targets per run of twenty percent, which is pretty good. But what's kind of interesting is that he's only seen a first read target rate of twelve percent, which is lower than DJ Chark at fourteen percent, lower than Jonathan Mingo at sixteen percent. And so I could see, you know, Thielen's targets actually not being really indicative of what he gets going forward. Like that target rate could be inflated. I mean, partially it's inflated because he's playing with Andy Dalton. So I I just, I don't even want to touch the on really. This is not, this is not a game environment. I want to be playing on the Carolina side. I think David Montgomery is really interesting. Disappointed to hear you say that you think he's going to get steamed because I was wondering maybe the opposite might happen with all the other options priced just below him. Um, But He's interesting, and I think Laporta is, is kind of interesting. But, yeah, yeah, those are like the only two pieces I like.
1: Daigle, any last thoughts on this game? Montgomery probably is a good play. Uh, I just yeah. want to see where these injuries go. I think I think Frank Ragnow also plays, but there's enough question marks here un- to wait until the weekend. Uh, Jameer yeah. Gibbs, especially since he was a Friday downgrade, always concerned.
0: Yeah, that I mean, and that's really why I i mean, not the only reason, but I mean, if if Gibbs is out or like we even have news that he's limited, Montgomery's just M- Montgomery might might jump a chan in ownership yeah. if, if Gibbs is out. Like, seriously, that's how crazy Yeah. Sure. Sam Laporta's top two tight end value on both sites. Um, He's in the FanDuel optimal. uh, Thielen popping in in a few uh, DK optimals, but um, I I don't think outside of Montgomery there's anything we need to force in cash games. Uh, This next game doesn't really fit into our our normal big spread or, or shootout game, but there's so much chalk in this game that I wanted to mention it. Bengals are three point favorites over the Cardinals. The totals 45. So it's like a middling total. Um, you know, both defenses are exploitable. So there could be something here. Corrine, the question I have is how do we wait? Um, how bad Burrow's been versus how great of a matchup this is. And how does that factor into the fact that Jamar, Mixon and Boyd are all probably going to be very chalky this week with Higgins most likely out.
2: I mean, this is this is an awesome matchup for Burrow. Um, you know, I said in the walkthrough basically, if he can't put up points here, then he really shouldn't be out on the field. Like, he's not healthy enough to be on the field if, if he can't put up points against the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I think we should be very optimistic about Jamar Chase getting targets here without T. Higgins and, you know, Joe Mixon. He's, he's getting a lot of work. If he's attached to a, a good offense again, he's, he will have a good week. So just like before we tackle on the salary layer and, and the ownership layer, yeah, this looks like a good spot for, for Joe Burrow to bounce back. But like then when I have to pay up a lot for Jamar Chase and he's going to be chalky, I, I suddenly am not interested. Like yeah. this team has really struggled. It's so looking at Joe Burrow's throws. To the intermediate and and deep parts of the field this year, and his PFF grades on those throws are, are way down. It's interesting; he's not taking more sacks, but he's just not like doing the burrow stuff that made him worth. You know, he takes a lot of sacks generally, but that's okay because he does fun burrow stuff in the intermediate and deep parts of the field, and he's not doing that right now. Uh, Denny Carter pointed out earlier this week that they're getting blitzed a lot more. Um, Cardinals don't really do that a ton. So maybe that's another reason why he bounces back here. But this is not like, I don't know. I was kind of, I'm kind of surprised that this is a spot where people are just running to because like T Higgins being out certainly solidifies uh, Jamar Chase's role, but like he's Jamar Chase. He's hes already getting, he has a 30% target share already. Like he what, is he going to, is he going to be at like 40% or, you know, is he just definitely going to have, a really high target share this week like it almost seems more of like a floor play to me than you know like the floor is higher now with taking with higgins out but i don't know that the ceiling is that much higher with higgins out it really comes down to whether he can be explosive with joe burrow and that's kind of a separate question of whether or not higgins is playing that's that's a joe burrow question um certainly a good matchup i do expect that they will have a, a much better game than they've had so far but yeah, it, with the with the chalk and the ownership. Uh sorry, the chalk and, and the prices here, I think I'm gonna be looking elsewhere mostly.
0: We we did get a full practice day out of Irv Smith. He's been out the last two weeks. I mean, he's probably gonna be the one guy that comes in at single digit ownership. Obviously, it's just like praying for a touchdown with Irv. Um, but if Titan sucks, like why not leverage off of all of the chalky teammates, maybe? Yeah. yeah I mean, is yeah. is that just a hail is, is it too much of a Hail Mary? No, I don't think so. Um, Daigle on the Cardinals side, like when we have all of this Bengals chalk, we would hope we're getting Cardinals contrarian plays. Um, but we're not, uh, Marquise is going to be owned Ertz is going to be owned. Um, maybe Connor isn't owned. So I I don't want to play chalky Cardinals pass catchers, but I'm very interested in like a a direct leverage play off of one of the chalkiest running backs on the week in the same game. How do you feel about that?
1: It makes all the sense in the world for Marquise Brown to I was trying to figure out how to play one of them because I think it's a really good spot for the Cardinals. And once I saw that, like we are projecting 20% Marquise Brown, which makes sense on DraftKings because he's so cheap. Uh, He's seen 30% of the team's targets the last three games and they're not budging him at all. And he's getting there. He's just not being budged at all. So he's a great play, but Connor is my favorite among that group going to be single digits in that stat group of mid tier running backs. And it's such a sweet spot. Like, the Bengals quietly have allowed the second highest rate of ten yard runs. They're one of only three different defenses allowing five yards per carry on the ground as well. Uh, it's such an amazing spot for Connor. I know people saw him lose a little bit of the passing work to MRE DiMarcado last week, but also mm-hmm. like just in the first half alone, Connor outcarried DeMarcado ten to zero, and still they split targets. But the fact is, Connor is still being used in the passing game, and he's getting all the rushing work. And so that's the kind of player, especially at low ownership, that I genuinely don't mind having in this spot.
0: Yeah. And if you, I mean, if you told us before the season started that this game was going to be a three point spread and not a 10 point spread, you never would have believed it. So, I mean, like car, I mean, Connors just in like, he's in a really, really good leverage spot here. I Um,
1: I have so much money on the Cardinals minus three and it feels so fishy, but even their slate of opponents, like the Cardinals have, the Cowboys and 49ers in the rear view mirror, and they're top 10 in yards for play in the NFL right now. Like, just based on their opponents, the Cardinals are a better team than this Bengals team.
2: Good also, team, like... Great, great teams cover. Dobbs been, covered three or four. Dobbs has been good, and he's been facing the Cowboys and the, the 49ers yeah, the last that, couple weeks. Exactly. Like, he... might crush. Is yeah, he... Is uh, he, like... I was just thinking, like, could I... Can I play Dobbs?
1: I the, mean, the run back would be obvious because then you can play Jamar Chase.
2: Yeah, then you can play I mean, Jamar Chase. Yes,
1: and Mick mixing it seems. Are like, we, we onslaughting
0: the? Are we onslaughting Cardinals?
1: I haven't got there yet mentally. Maybe <laughs> I haven't got there though.
2: He's I mean, fifty two hundred. Um, yeah. I, I get hurts. Yeah. I can. I got my double stack. I got my tight end taken care. Of. Yeah, oh my oh God. man.
0: Uh, Lots of cash game notes in this one. Uh, Mixon and Jamar um, both near the top in value on both sides. Tyler Boyd on DK at 4,500 with T Higgins out. We already talked about Marquise Brown. We already talked about Zach Ertz. Obviously not playing them all in the same cash game lineup, but they all fit into cash on both sides. Um, The rest of the games are... Pretty funky. If Zach Wilson doesn't have a good game on Monday night, we're probably not talking about Broncos Jets. Um, Colts, Titans are interesting just for the simple fact that we got Anthony Richardson and then we got uh pretty gross matchups, Falcons, Texans, Patriots, Saints, Ravens would have been interesting, but now they're getting all their receivers back, so it's kind of a mess now against the Steelers defense. So um, Daigle, any of these games stand out to you as, as one we want to target when there's only 10 games to target?
1: I am very interested in the Colts Titans still because of just how Anthony Richardson projects. He's always going to project with the high ceiling given yeah. as to how he plays. But overs are baked in like the Texans covering being a much better team than meets the eye and the Colts being an over team. It doesn't seem like the market has caught up to those two situations just yet. Same for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. But for Anthony Richardson, uh, the Tex on one hand, the Titans defense, has trickled down against quarterbacks as well they've been stout against opposing signal callers even this year the only mobile quarterback they faced was deshaun watson four carries for 16 yards going back to last year jalen hurts 12 yards daniel jones 25 josh allen just 10 yards against them last season but at the same time the way this offense runs under shane steichen being top five in plays per game first in no huddle rate tied for the league lead and drives per game. There's so much volume here against a soft spot against the Titans secondary that only injured Joe Burrow hasn't had success against that I do kind of want to mess around and and take on Richardson's ceiling. Only $100 more on DraftKings and right there in that range on FanDuel as well to where it's completely acceptable paying for it. And talking about DraftKings, everyone's trying to you know bring along the cheap stack, whether it be a tight cheap tight end, Rasheed Rice in the Vikings game, Um, Maybe Wandell down the Dolphins game as a run back. Like for Richardson, it just kind of fits where you can play one of his cheap options and it fits your stack as well. Like you could still play Josh Downs. Everyone wanted to get there in cash games and tournaments last week. And it was the first time he dipped below a 16% target share. But it was also just 20 passes for Richardson. And he completed his 44% in like a much tougher spot. Last week. So I don't mind like going back to downs following a down week, no pun intended, where everyone wanted to roster him anyways. I still think you can squeeze Kylan Grantson in since we're all just hate tight end. No one wants to play a single tight end this week. Like, why wouldn't I just bring him along with my quarterback and say, screw it in a good passing spot? So yeah, I I like it. And then DeAndre Hopkins with Traylon Burks out is the the obvious player you play in that game. He's still soaking up, you know, all the targets in Tennessee, especially these past two weeks without Traylon Burks. So I think it just makes a lot of sense for a game that 43 it's not the right number.
0: Yeah. Uh Nuke is priced like way down on FanDuel so it's he'll crazy. be on there. Yeah, on DraftKings he, he he'll Probably get some ownership, but nowhere close to Fandle. Um every week, Matt Savoca writes the breakout receiver column at four for four. Um at the end of it, he always puts a little um DFS aside. The top DFS breakout wide receiver candidate this week is Michael Pittman, uh to be noted. So yep. um he's he's kind of in a no man's land in salary, but that should keep his ownership in check. Uh Karain, um, which of these um ancillary games are you are you juggling?
2: I I like the Colts Titans. That's one I had um, Mm -hmm. noted as well. And one of the notes that jumped out to me was the, the Colts are seventh in ESPN's uh, run block win rate, which is the player tracking data. Um, And the Colts are the, the Titans are only 16th in run stop win rate. So like, I know the Titans are a pass funnel and I know it's because they have this really good run defense, but I actually think that like, Look, Shane Steichen last week had a minus 40% pass rate of expected on first down. They have minus 20% pass rate of expected. They they did actually go that super ultra run heavy version of the Colts that we thought we might get with Anthony Richardson. Now Jonathan Taylor gonna be out there some right. So that might be helpful in kind of keeping the the running game going. I think Richardson, like I, I don't think Steichen's gonna be afraid to unleash Richardson against this Titans run defense. So I, I like him a lot um as well the other one that jumps out to me is jets broncos but it's it's more like i like some pieces here than i like you know i obviously don't want to play zach wilson but you know i like Brees hall I like say obviously wilson. you
1: you can Like there's nothing wrong with it yeah you. i
2: don't know uh, yeah it's not he ideal
1: he's
2: cheap I, you know as cheap as Cortland sutton i think sutton's kind of interesting as, especially if no one's really going to be uh that interested in playing him, and I'm not afraid of this Jets defense. They have a good pass rush, and they aren't really doing a ton um, outside of that. Like they they're they're pretty beatable. So I could actually see the the Broncos, who have been playing really well in offense, um, their defense is horrendous, but the Jets are also horrendous. So maybe this is like competitive. Maybe they find balance this week. Maybe this this game is actually a back and forth game. Uh, but the, uh, but the Broncos are able to, uh, score points through the air with, with Javante Williams banged up.
0: Yeah. I I will say that is this, this is a late game, right? Just Broncos. Unfortunately. I believe so. It is late. Yeah. That's annoying. Yeah. It's a late game. It'd be nice. Way nicer if it was early. Um, again, I'm going to have to do so much like projection update in the morning, but, um, another running back in that, um, salary range is Brees Hall, who you mentioned that a Chan, um, range. If he, if we think he's going to be very popular, Garrett Wilson, again, he is also a, um, a buy low candidate based on his usage. This Broncos defense has obviously been atrocious. I don't know if I have the stones to stack Zach Wilson, even though he is sub five K and he does let you get some of the expensive guys we talked about earlier. um, but I mean, Garrett Wilson, man. If 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 Brees Hall is super popular, a one-off Garrett Wilson as leverage off of a twenty percent Brees Hall against this secondary, like we we don't need Zach Wilson to like be great. If he's average, Garrett Wilson, his ceiling yeah. is as high as anybody's in the league, right?
2: I was trying to tease because Garrett Wilson is my favorite wide receiver play of the week. Oh. The- and okay. In the end section here. But yeah, I think it's I think it's a smash. I and mean, like I have a ton of Brees Hall in best ball. Like I've yeah. that was my all all summer. If you heard me do anything, I was talking about Brees Hall. So I'm excited about Brees Hall in this matchup. Obviously, I'm excited to hear he's not on a snap count anymore. But like even before Adam Levitan tweeted out like the full interview, um, which I I'd, I'd looked for and I, I couldn't find, but um they You know, it was not nearly as bullish as like you would hope it to be. He's basically like, yeah, Brees is getting where we want. Dalvin's Dalvin's doing good. Dalvin's looking better too. You know, nothing really that exciting to be honest. We know that Brees is turning in the right direction. I think after they come out of the Week Seven bye, they probably will hand the reins over to him. But like, are they going to just give him the full workload this week? Because we want them to? No, they're not. Like, he's going to have to get their own efficiency. He's going to have to get their own long plays. We know he's capable of that. We also know. It might not happen. That's a much more fragile way to bet on things.
0: Are we, are we sure? Are we sure we don't they don't give it to him this week?
2: I'm I don't think he's I but I would say he gets probably like sixty-two percent of the team attempts. That's where I think he lands. That's like, very, you know.
0: very specific. That's very specific, correct
2: yeah, yeah, I've thought about this. <laughs> and that was, like it it. That was the first time I came up with a
1: <laughs> What's annoying though is that he can still get there. Like he can he can bury he you can. at fifty four hundred on twelve touches against the Broncos. That's what's stupid. One hundred percent.
2: Yeah. No, he definitely can. But like, dude, Garrett Wilson was someone we were drafting at the end of the first round yeah. in mm-hmm. the summer, and he he has he deserved that. Like he's that good. It's just that Zach Wilson is so bad. He's able to cover him up. I, I called Zach Wilson a shade on his, on his value, but we might see the sh- the sun shining through this week with the Denver Broncos defense. Like that's, they can actually unlock that for him. Um, and I think the other thing that's interesting about Garrett Wilson specifically is that his first three target rate is much lower than you would think given how much a part of the offense he appears to be in other ways. Like he's running every single route, yet his first read target rate is only 19%, which is good. But like, you know, AJ Brown's at 29%. Like we could see a much higher rate than that. Like Why aren't they calling plays for him in mind? But the the first read target rate that I referenced, it looks at, did you get a target on the quarterback's first read? It doesn't look at, were you the first read? And then did you not get a target? I don't know that. And I think that's probably happening all the time. And so what this matchup could unlock is Zach Wilson is able to hit his first read a lot more often because he's in rhythm. He's going against a bad defense. He's almost throwing on air, right? Like on, in practice, I'm sure Garrett Wilson's the first read nonstop. So I think it unlocks a potential ceiling on Garrett Wilson's target share that is, is kind of there in most like competent defensive matchups.
1: I think sometimes it's as simple as saying he's seen 32 percent target share in each of his last three games. Uh, yeah. the ball only goes to Garrett Wilson. It's that
2: simple. but I think that might understate it honestly like I think that understates it. it could get it could get nutty.
1: And if you're telling me then everyone wants to play Brees Hall and I can play Garrett Wilson at less ownership, it's like yeah, like Garrett Wilson's even projecting with a higher ceiling than Brees Hall because of course he is. Like he's not coming off the field, whereas Brees Hall—that's what we're battling here. So of course I don't mind playing that. And if I do, it's it's not it's not crazy to play Zach Wilson. I'm not even telling you I will, but it's not crazy. I've almost I've
2: almost gotten talking. He's going to
1: be one to three percent. I really thought he was going to be more rostered. This Bears defense, although it does look like Justin Fields has turned a corner, they are—I don't know why—I don't know why it took them, even last night, to start ru- doing double-digit design runs for him. Why did it take us till Week Five? I don't get it. But like Justin Fields had a career high in passing points strictly for fantasy against this Broncos defense. They are the absolute worst. Uh, I think Justin Simmons being activated, all-pro safety, may have a little bit of pushback here. He's good enough to where maybe I start second guessing my Jets exposure, but at the same time, this Broncos defense right now is very bad. So I I do love Garrett Wilson too.
0: Yeah, I I do think obviously this could change a lot. I do think like the basic build, at least on DK, is going to be very balanced, um, salary-wise across positions. If you play Wilson and punt tight end and one wide receiver, like and go for a real studs and duds approach, like that could be very, very unique. I, I don't know how many people might get to that thought process as well. Um, but a sub 5K quarterback again, like you don't need him to go nuts. If if he gets you 20 DK points, like you're you're dancing, baby.
2: I think I've gone from I'm not playing him to obviously I'm not playing him. Obviously, to I, I think I am playing him. <laughs> but it's, what do I? What do we need? Like it
0: unlocks it unlocks a lot. 20, how many 20 DK points,
2: points did you say we need? 22. So I mean, he's yeah, hit.
0: that's that's ballpark. I'm, I'm just throwing that out there like I, I could be way off, but like I would think 22 to 25 at, at forty nine hundred like you're pretty OK. I
1: I also still like the Broncos defense to mix in in tournaments. Um, oh, sure. I, the Bron- both of these defenses are in a play. I, the Broncos sure. got road graded yeah. last week and still scored 13 fantasy points because yeah. like you, you can still get there on this kind of volume against Zach Wilson. So right. I still love playing mm-hmm. that as like leverage.
0: Yeah. Um, the games that, that we didn't run through, um, aggressively the only two obvious cash game options that we didn't mention out of all of that discussion, Bijan Robinson is just projecting crazy on both sides, top value on both sides across all positions and Titans defense are just so cheap. Um, like they're just going to be our, our cash game defenses. Um, let's talk about the chalkiest players on the slate. Tell me if there's anybody that stands out as someone you love or hate. Um, in no particular order, uh, mix can mix in Bijan. And I guess we should throw, Oh, I got HN HN in there at running back. Um, at wide receiver, Jamar and Marquise Brown, as well as Wandale on DK nuke on FanDuel and then Titans defense. Those are projecting as the highest own plays right now. Uh, Pat, anyone you love or hate from the chalk group there?
2: Uh, yeah, I've talked about the Bengals. I, I I'm willing to go elsewhere there. Um, I also feel like Wandale is so comfy, you know, to go three K. Like, oh man, that's gonna let me do some stuff. But I think I might just not let myself use him because I don't know that he really has a ceiling. And so, you know, like for tournaments, like, am I? If he's gonna be, it'd be one thing if he was like least contrarian. It's like, all right, I'm saving salary. You know, I'm not. I don't have a huge ceiling in this spot, but it's opening up other stuff. But I'm holding hands on this guy who doesn't have a ceiling. That feels like no fun. So I, I think I literally might just x him out and try to build without him this week and see if I can just get different that way at least.
0: Yeah. My only, my only concern, sorry, Diego. My only concern is if Dale gets squeezed with a Monra injury because then it gives us like <clears> it gives us Michael Wilson, I, I guess Khalif or Josh Reynolds. Even though Josh Reynolds is in the 4K range and like maybe do people just like shy away from the Giants now that we have like at least three viable 3K
1: guys. Yeah, and again, if you play Anthony Richardson, you can get to Josh Downs easily too. Uh, I'll just be asking myself, because I don't think Wando has a ceiling, but I'll ask. Yeah. I'll be asking myself, does 11 points at 3K, like what does that allow me to do? And then start building around that because it's not even about what he does. It's about what you can do around him. Can you still exactly. get to the players and the stacks you want? That's what I'll start tinkering with. It's It's going to be interesting.
0: 3K opens up a lot.
1: I mean, three um, K for a guy yeah, guaranteed yeah. to have five catches for forty yards. It's like Stone Man, man. Stone yeah. Man, eight to eleven points. uh Maybe it's good enough, honestly.
2: Yeah, and but it's like I want to play him. Like he's the one. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I'll just. But it's like I'm not. I sometimes I feel like if I want to play a guy because it just makes me feel comfier about my lineups, but I know he doesn't have a ceiling and he's chalky. Like that's a that's a bad play right yeah i should sure. be trying okay. not to do that
1: now now run that back with a chan as the natural skinny stack and see where your own <laughs> yeah i mean there's gonna be a lot of
2: that there's gonna be a lot of Th- that.
0: this is why i love these 10 game slates because like we're getting like crazy obvious leverage spots like these guys are just like there's not that many places to go so like i do think that obviously i said Wandale could could get squeezed a little bit but like these guys that are in this like Maybe they're going to be high owned. Like they could just get steamed to a crazy number. We're not expecting these are the slates where kickoff mm-hmm. happens. And then we're like, oh, the 22% guys, 38%. Like these are the slates where it happens.
1: Like, like the last couple of weeks, whenever we had, uh, we talked about Tyreek and Mostert soaking up Dolphins touchdowns without Tua. Last week was and Christian McCaffrey. I played Brock Purdy, and he did, he did fine. He got the rushing touchdown at the end. Um, You know, as we talked about, I just am haunted because I played Zach Moss. But I'm trying to – I'll definitely be soaking up team touchdowns this week and pivoting from there with only 10 games. Like, I, I like Jefferson and T.J. Hawkinson with no Kirk Cousins. And then instead going to, like, um Josh Downs and Anthony Richardson instead because I'm trying to soak up touchdowns here. And there are still a few quarterbacks I'm very comfortable with. That's what I'll be playing around with.
2: Are you? Yep. Is there any interest to, to that point of team touchdowns? Are you at all interested in going, Brees and Garrett, or the Jets just can't put up enough touchdowns? If that's the matter case, who they that's, the that's case,
0: a Fanduel play. That's a
1: fandal play. Okay. Zach Wilson is just so cheap on DraftKings that that's the case. I, I maybe yeah. There. I just
2: just, just play wow. Zach Wilson.
1: Woo. He's forty-seven hundred. He's below. 5, I think man. I'm
0: in, guys. We got I'm gonna two be under. We got two days to think about it,
1: but I support it. I support it, but I'm underweight. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh Before we get to our favorite plays at each each position, I want to remind all of our listeners and viewers about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. Go to PrizePicks.com/dfsMVP and use the code DFSMVP for a first deposit match up to $100. We're three out of four so far this season on these picks on this show. We hope you guys are putting them in as we put them out, getting these really good numbers, uh, missed last week, but hopefully get on the right side of it again this week. We got a few that we really like. Corrine mentioned Josh Dobbs and his rushing earlier. We like him for more than 21 and a half rushing yards. Uh, Atlanta versus Houston. Houston has been a very good passing defense uh, this year. Desmond Ritter less than 182 and a half pass yards. And as I mentioned earlier, Detroit's been one of the best teams, if not the best defense against running backs so far this year. Shuba Hubbard, 47 and a half rushing plus receiving yards combined. We like less on that number. If you put $25 on those three picks, you will five extra money. With that three-player pick them. don't forget to go to pricepicks.com slash DFSNVP. Use the code DFSNVP for a first deposit match up to $100. Pricepicks.com is daily fantasy sports made easy. All right. Everybody's favorite part of the show where we give you guys the answers to the test. Corrine, starting at quarterback. <laughs> um, we basically have been teasing this the whole time. Um, basically been teasing this team the whole time. Tell well- me the quarterback.
2: I changed it to Zach Wilson. I, You guys, you guys, you didn't even try to talk me into it. And I feel like I somehow got, we like Ouija board talked me into it. Um, it's like, it's just so we're trying to figure out ways to save on this, on this slate. And it's so much savings and, and it allows you to kind of shift things around. So I, this is like literally something I came to during the pod. So I've got to go build and see like what, what this actually unlocks and is it worth it to take on the risk? But He has thrown for 300 yards a few times in his career. It's not like he's never done that. Throws for a couple touchdowns. You can the thing about it too is I can play Conklin. You know, I get the double, I get tight end taken care of. That's one thing I'm always looking at right now. It's like because I was thinking Russell Wilson, but I'm like, I don't I don't want to play Troutman or whatever, right? So it's like if I want to play Russ and then Sutton, but then I've got Conklin and Garrett coming back, why don't I just swap out Russ for Zach and Go do some fun if, stuff.
0: If Wilson goes for three fifty and three against this defense, every offense is going to be a million percent owned against the Broncos every single week. Like, right. This is the, this is the final boss, right? If, if this happens, this like, is the final we're, just, boss. we're just playing them every week against the
1: Broncos. Right. But yeah. you're
2: getting the final boss for free. Like no one, right. no one thinks that they can actually pull this off.
1: Yeah. Also like do? speaking of little, some unique three for ones, and not and if you're trying to find a pivot off Brees Hall too, dude. If Jamal, if Javante Williams gets ruled out, I don't know where Sean Payton found Jaleel McLaughlin like the same the same way he found Michael Thomas. Um, but dude, McLaughlin is good. Like he is super explosive. He's he's forced a miss tackle on every other carry he's had so far. He's only had 14 carries and three have gone for 10 plus yards. Last week, he those two his first two touches were when Javante Williams was healthy. Like, they're mixing McLaughlin in because he's that damn good. And now imagine if Javante's out, maybe McLaughlin's just more explosive than Breesaw at this, like, right now, until Breesaw's 100% Loughlin healthy. Like, that's how uh, even 5K. Well, I got to take
2: Trust shots me, at Brees. You, you had me. I was all excited to play Jaleel. Now I I'm just saying, dude. Like, he's,
1: he, he's $400 Jaleel's less. Uh, Jaleel's 5K. 5K flat. Oh, k cool. He's good, dude. He's actually good at football. And I don't, I don't know how, but Peyton found him.
2: Wow. I mean, he does seem to be like potentially the 1A over Pirine if if uh Williams oh, he, is out. Do you guys think people go there if Williams is out? No. Uh
1: to I don't. Who? I
2: don't. So McLaughlin. <laughs> the,
1: the oh, back oh I thought she was asking. Meant to
0: Pirine. I was like, hell no. Um, no, I mean, no, no, no. no, I don't think people go there.
1: No. Not against think, the Jets. Not I think people still play Brees Hall. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Daigle, who's your
1: favorite quarterback this week? It's still Anthony Richardson for tournaments. Um yeah. I feel like I have my my player pool dwindled down. I'm trying to see. Stafford just makes it so hard because you naturally want to double stack them. And like we talked about earlier, it yeah. kind of eliminates everything else. So, like, I don't I don't think I'll be playing much Stafford. I'm pretty confident in a two-man pool between Kirk Cousins and Anthony Richardson right now for, like, <laughs> mid and high stakes. But Richardson is just so fun given the rushing floor. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's literally averaging the most rushing points per game among all quarterbacks. And I don't even need that it'd be great if he does it here. But like, for instance, Josh Dobbs is averaging five rushing points per game. Uh, imagine if Richardson would just slice his 13 and a half and half. He gets like six, just barely over Josh Dobbs. But now he also has the easiest passing matchup of his life to date. So it just seems like it's worth chasing here.
0: Uh, shout out Dave Gladstone. Javante, full participant in practice okay. today. So no, no. Um, don't listen Good. to anything we just said um cash games matthew stafford 6800 on fandle 5600 on dk especially on dk i mean with cooper cut back i think you could just uh, lock stafford into cash games and be all right um lots of ceilings uh, elsewhere i don't think we need to pay up at quarterback on dk uh pat uh give me a running back that you are salivating over
2: so i i put down david montgomery here but to me it's like it's whichever one of these running backs in this general salary range, I feel like is going to get squeezed because, and, and yeah, that I wasn't factoring in the Amon Ross stuff with Montgomery, but the reason that he jumped out to me initially is that he's 6,600 on DraftKings and all these other guys are a little bit cheaper. And so my hope was, you know, maybe, maybe everyone just finds themselves needing that three hundred bucks, and they go to Camara, or that two hundred bucks, and they go to Mixon, or or whatever. Everyone's got 8chan in there anyway. Um, but you know they can get Swift there for save save six hundred bucks. So that was like the thesis there. If that doesn't end up happening, and everyone's going there because Amon Rod's out, you know, and they're playing Dave Montgomery, then yes, does Camara get tough. squeezed? I, I, I find if if, to find that guy get squeezed.
0: I wonder if like. I wonder if Bijan gets squeezed just because he's the expensive one.
2: He's 77. That, like out of all
0: the guys that are projecting high, like I wonder if, ever... yeah, maybe it's Kamara. Like I just can't see Montgomery, Brees, or A-Chan like coming in at like 15. I just you don't know what happens.
1: You know what we need? Uh, We need Ramondre ruled out who's questionable and then oh, throw geez. the to throw Z grenade oh, into Jesus. the water and see, see oh, how the fish oof. jump that's what we need because we need to squeeze some of these guys
0: yeah yeah it's this yeah, is a do. really 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 tough zeke, um ownership zeke has already reached like week. 18
1: touches in one game like imagine if remandre's out they and it's a it's a great spot considering how banged up the saints are like i, I love the patriots if you bet the patriots this week um, i mean i i
2: I'm i think you just want to play zeke. zeke that's what i'm hearing
1: i
0: kind of want to <laughs> i kind of want to i kind of want to ride with corinne though because if all of these guys just come in at like 20 to 25 percent like i feel like montgomery's the dude like as you said a yeah. super fragile yeah. like Brees is also fragile Mixon is on the Bengals. like if they're all coming into the same ownership i kind of want montgomery
1: i feel like
2: yeah i, I would I, I would like montgomery if no one gets squeezed yeah
1: Right now, the way I've been leaning is not playing A-Chan. I, I'm just talking about single entries as well. For anyone mm-hmm. doing like three max, I'm, I'll am i probably do one out of three. Um, For 20 entries, I'll probably do four or five out of 20. Yeah. Um, but I'll be underweight. And I feel like it's just a day I'm going to go for a run because I don't want to watch it. I do not. <laughs> <Dude>. I <don't, laughs>
0: shout out. Don't, no, bro. I don't want to fade A-Chan. Going for a run at first kickoff is yeah. such a cheat code for your mental state. Coming back to see what's going on in the second half.
1: I don't want to watch a chan in a day where I'm under. Man, like, I don't want to see it. That,
2: that is like some fast. control that I just do not have. I mean, I I'm watching yeah. this. I'm watching. The whole reason I do this is to. Is, oh, here we go. The red zone countdown. Oh
1: no, buddy! For like, run. Are you kidding me? The, the entire point is to well help to help everyone out and then to make money. So, like, if the I'm just, if, if I'm just making money, what do I care if watch about watching it live? My Oof. job is to go back and watch it anyways. Nope. I'll go watch it later when I know the results. That way, I can cry myself to sleep. Or just jump in joy with everyone.
2: I cannot watch <laughs> football. This is why this is why I had to be a numbers guy, not a film guy. I don't watch football when I know the results. <laughs> What's the point of that? Right. I'm watching the, Oh yeah, let's see what happens. That's that's part it of the ride is, for me.
0: It is madness. Uh Daigle, who are you rocking with at running back?
1: <laughs> I talked about James Conner. I feel yeah. like the field will come in underweight. They just don't want to play him, even though his splits and usage is still incredible and the best spot possible. Uh, the Bengals are still bottom two in yards per play EPA and points per game. Like they are an absolutely miserable team because Joe Burrow is very clearly still injured. So they don't scare me. I think it's a great game script for James Conner.
0: Uh, Joe Mixon has has kind of been near the top of our value, um, all week as a cash game running back 7,000 FanDuel 6,400 DK. I mean, his usage, um, is is up there with every other running back in the league, at least in terms of, of touch rates. Um so I mean there there's a, a plethora of guys kind of in this range. Honestly, Montgomery probably leaps him for me, but we do have to remember that Montgomery's priced way up on FanDuel. So if we're just talking sweeping across both sides, mixing um is is the play uh for me, at least in cash games. Uh Crane, let's go back to that Jets game for your wide receiver.
2: Yeah Garrett Wilson, I, I kind of already made the whole spiel on him um but
0: yeah we don't have to touch it too much
2: i would just the thing i would just kind of underline is like you're getting leverage on top of it you're getting leverage on free hall like that it just makes it really sweet to like everything else you know you're getting this awesome talent in a perfect spot at a good price but then they also get leverage uh yeah. it just seems amazing
0: um dago we haven't talked about this game at all talk to talk to me about this receiver you like
1: yeah, Vegas knows something because I was a fish and bet the Texans plus the point and a half Monday, but the Falcons have only increased. I believe the Falcons are two and a half point favorites now, so they're yeah. on to something. They it's know weird. something's up here. Maybe it's mm-hmm. the finally the letdown for the Texans, but it's... but at the same time, uh, Nico Collins is such a great spot for him. The Falcons, a defense we can set our watch to second and man coverage this year and nico collins is literally second in yards per route run against man coverage only behind marvin mims who doesn't even play football at this point so (laughs) i do i love squeezing in nico collins in the lineups he's going to get lost in that mid-tier range of 5k wide receivers
0: yeah i was actually going to put nico here as my cash game receiver because he was actually really popping in our um, value scores before everything got shuffled up with some injury news Um, now with the State brown uh, unlikely to play josh reynolds and khalif raymond just open up so much in cash games Um punt position take the targets like probably not great ceiling plays um, but they're going to project very well uh, very high floors and uh we're comfortable punting wide receiver in cash games so josh reynolds and or khalif raymond are fine Um I- i'm just gonna let you guys both go at it we won't even go in order talk to me about your guys's favorite tight ends
1: I didn't even see what Corrine rodell That's amazing. Yeah. Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. You, you, go, first. you sit, go first.
0: I'll just sit back and listen.
1: Okay. Well, uh, since week two, one of the Falcons tight ends is tied for the team lead with Drake London. Also, since week two, one of the Falcons tight ends has an end zone target. The other doesn't. And one is lapping the other in yards per route run on the entire season. And so I would like to play him for cheaper because that one is Jonu Smith, not Kyle Pitts. So go ahead, Corrine. Sell me.
2: But my style on Kyle Pitts, because I've actually kind of found it funny that like people are specifically annoyed uh, about the Johnny Smith stuff as it relates to Kyle Pitts. But like I've been I was pointing out on the walkthrough like, hey, you know, Drake London and Kyle Pitts are running routes at the same rate. Like the Johnny Smith stuff's not keeping Kyle Pitts off the field. So like if you like we should, the Drake London people should also be like, come on, come over here to Kyle Pitts Island and let's let's, let's get real mad about this Johnny Smith stuff because it. It stinks for everybody, but it's like also sort of unrelated to Kyle Pitts, who's out there running routes just like he was before. It's about the targets, the mix of targets we're getting. The issue with Kyle Pitts is that he's probably not fully healthy. Maybe that's that's been an, a part of the issue, right? But the other thing is that he's a Desmond Ritter deep threat. He's got a 12.3 ADOT. That's deeper than Drake London. is a 10.8. He's got a 28% air yard share. That's more than Drake London I know air yards don't don't win us any money but we have a chance to play a guy who's like he's 3300. it's like he's a and he's a splash play player. so I'm what am I doing I'm punting it's a wide receiver punt it's like a deep threat wide receiver punt that I get to put in my tight end slot so I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little Kyle Pitts this week.
1: uh my my only thing is this is this was baked in to his adp if you were behind it this offseason, because the argument was he the his first two years in the league, he was top two in depth of target. He only gets deep shots. He gets nothing underneath. And Desmond Ritter in his starts last year was literally leading the league in inaccurate pass rate at a quarterbacks with 100 dropbacks. And the same stuff is happening yet again that was baked in this offseason. Kyle Pitts, of course, literally dead last among all tight ends and catchable pass rate because he's playing with Desmond Ritter and he also yeah. leads the league in depth of target. Nothing has changed whatsoever. So you say thirty three hundred, and I say get me to twenty five hundred and let's talk.
2: All right, but but seriously, like it doesn't. I mean, it's kind of silly to just go like, oh, the deep threat, the volatile deep threat play hasn't hit yet. Therefore, like he's got to he's got to basically be stone men before I would have any interest. Like he's a volatile deep threat. We're going to go stretches and stretches where he doesn't hit. Now, putting him with Desmond Ritter does not help at all. It makes things much worse and so you know odds are he doesn't do anything this week but for 3300 I'm getting a chance to like get there in like one play at at a position where nothing's going on
1: so efficiency to me does matter and it comes back to his 3300 it's the volatile deep threat on a bottom four rate of pass attempts for game. Like that's why well, that, I got off. Like, we, yeah, I don't uh, like we, that either. We talked about DJ Shark last week, but then I got off DJ Shark when it was Bryce Young because I knew I was a losing efficiency and volume. So with Kyle Pitts from Desmond Ritter in the Falcons, we are losing efficiency and volume. That's why I argue against it.
2: That's true. That's true.
0: I love I love hosting so much. Also, Uh,
1: (laughs) DJ, DJ, you love hosting until you see that Johnny Smith is actually the cash game playing tight end this week. And I'm not kidding.
0: I mean, not playing Johnny Smith. He's 2,900 and he Uh,
1: dominates. Like, you have to play him.
0: In cash game, Zacharys is fifty one hundred on Fandle, thirty five hundred on DK. Um, don't overthink it. Take the tight end that leads all tight ends in target share this year. We have his top two DK value. Oh yeah, he's the cash Um, play. I forgot about Zacharys. Yeah, Zacharys is still forgettable. Easy easy slam dunk cash. Don't overthink that one. Still forgettable, but uh, play confidence over Zacharys. Cash is boring. We play boring players, and we just double our money every week in BD. Uh, who do you like? Uh, for a DST this week,
2: we talked leverage. And everybody – now, I, I want to hear, guys, if you think I'm, like, missing something on this, this Bengals stuff, like, is this really such a good matchup that we're going to get Joe Burrow looking awesome this week without T. Higgins? Like, I'm like, Joe Burrow's really struggled, and now he lost T. Higgins. And I get that he gets this great matchup, but he's really struggled. Like, it, he is down there with the worst quarterbacks in the league when you look at success rate, EPA per play. Like, he has looked terrible. And and the thing he does best, that you know, throwing downfield is is where he's struggling. So, and, and defenses don't respect him right now; they're blitzing him at a, a much higher rate. Like all of this is like red flag after red flag. We get one good matchup with the Cardinals defense, and the field is like we're back in. So great if you're back in, I'm gonna play the Cardinals defense, and we'll see how that we'll see how it goes. That's that's how I'm gonna play.
1: They're so cheap too. I I keep looking at them. I'm like. What am I missing between Connor and Cardinals defense? Isn't that the way to play this game? I love that. Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe Joe Burrow is fine, but I mean, dude, he, he got pulled early last week. Cause like he has nothing right now. He's clearly I mean, injured and shouldn't be out there. I I, if,
2: if I sort of doubt that it can be this chalky. Like, do you, is this ownership going to hold? Like this feels like in small field stuff, like are people going to move off? Like, I, I don't I know. I think,
0: I, I think we can see Mixon like come down. A, like, there's just so many good running backs all of a sudden that I, I think maybe Mixon isn't as chalky as we think. But um, I think all the pass catchers in this game are are, are 15ish to 20ish for sure.
2: Because the Bengals have been passing a lot, so like this is from a defense perspective. Like, you're getting pass attempts against, and you're getting struggling quarterback who just lost one of his best receivers. Like. If we didn't know this was the Bengals, we'd be like, This is a smash spot. This is like we're it's a cheap D getting a ton of passing attempts and and yeah. not efficiency. Like it's perfect.
0: Uh yeah, I mean a ton of test pass attempts is how we score points. If we if we like Connor as the leverage play off of Bixon or just off of the the players in this game in general, it makes sense to correlate him with the Cardinals. Like Cardinals Connor mini stacks, like let's go.
1: Um, and, and even they, even with the Bengals passing a lot, like, I keep going back to those 49 attempts Burrow had against the Rams, and he averaged 5.3 yards per attempt. He had all the volume, but because he was injured, it yeah. didn't matter at all. So, like, yeah. I, just, I just keep thinking, does volume even scare me until Burrow, Burrow, like, finally is healthy and shoves it down my throat because I, I was one week too late? Like, do I mind right. being one week too late? I don't also, think so.
0: Like Burrow needs to go nuclear for him to shove it down our right. throat, right? Like, yeah. like, like, like what, what is yeah. he, what are we going to miss if he goes for 25? Like who cares?
1: Right. Right. Cause it's, you're right. Yeah. I think Cardinals um, makes sense.
0: Yeah. Um, big range of outcome games here, Daigle, but, uh, your DST makes sense for that reason.
1: The Broncos, as I mentioned earlier, Justin Fields, career high in passing yards. First time he ever went oh. over 300 yards for his career. Looked Amazing. They made him look like Joe Montana, but they quietly scored 13 fantasy points and were a Mm -hmm. top 12 defense in that game. So because we're getting volume, the Broncos defense can still get there. We've seen Zach Wilson play one good game in his entire career. and It was on prime time, which is suddenly making this game biased. Yeah.
0: And let's not forget like this, these wide range of outcomes. That doesn't mean the Jets are a bad play. It's just a wide range of outcomes, right? you know, in the lineup where we don't play the jets, um, Broncos can make sense. So I agree. Like both sides make sense in tournaments. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Titans are like the defensive play in cash games, 3,500 Fandle, 2,400 DK, um, their favorites, they uh, they they are, are super cheap and they open up a lot. Um, leave it up to us. The shortest slate of the year equates to the longest podcast of the year so far, but it's a damn good discussion um, and hopefully the listeners and viewers agree. Um, shout out to Peter, new member, Samson for the super sticker. Appreciate you guys a lot. If you guys want to give back even more, if you are listening on uh, audio, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, please give us a five-star rating or review. goes a very long way and if you're watching on youtube please like the video subscribe to the channel make sure you hit that notification bell so you know when we are live and remember go into the description on youtube for discounts on the dfs subscription code youtube gets you 25 off the dfs so once you do that upgrade to the solver the best optimizer in the land and of course sign up for legendary upside corain one more time what you got going on over there
2: yeah, legendaryupside.com. You can sign up, read the walkthrough, head over there and, and check it out. The first three games, including uh, the Broncos or sorry, the uh, the Dolphins game uh, with the Devin HN cover boy write up, is is all above the paywall. Uh, I also, the Legendary Upside podcast, wherever you get your podcast, you can listen to that free preview narrated by me. Um, premium subscribers get the whole thing narrated as, as part of the package. So head on over to legendaryupside.com.
0: And a reminder to uh, everyone that does sign up for that four for four subscription. Um, every week is important to be in Sunday morning Discord. This might be the most important one so far because so much is changing. So many players in similar ownership and salary ranges that we're really going to be down to the minute on deciding like what players we are over and underweight on. So make sure you are in that Sunday morning Discord and follow us on the socials, X slash Twitter, whatever the hell you call it. Pat is that Pat Crane. Legendary Upside is at Legendary Upside. Daigle is at not J Daigle 4, for four at four, for 4 Football. I'm at TJ Hernandez. We will talk to you guys Sunday morning in that 4 Discord.